0: What I'm going to talk about today really is a common theme. It's throughout the Bible, beginning to end, first chapter, first, verse, all the way to the very end. It's about spiritual fornication. And uh, that's really what it is. It's a simpler word of sin. Same thing. Uh, <clears throat> I remember after Katrina, and it was, it was nasty. There was stuff everywhere, and uh, just truckloads and truckloads of things. The dumping ground was just a couple of miles from the church, a couple of miles from our house. But I was following a, a truck one day, and whatever they had in the back of that was just oozing out of the bottom of the, the uh, garbage truck. And then it was hitting the road and splattering back on me. I could see it, I could smell it, and then I was trying to back off a little bit. So I uh, went and washed the car, of course, and everything, and I got to thinking. I used that in my sermon. I got two versions of this. One, if I took that garbage truck and we cleaned it spick and span. Would you eat any food that came out of it? I mean, it's clean. Maybe except for a little bit. Would you eat out of it? i got a better one for you. Uh, went to the flea market. Bought one of those old-style bedpans. pans. Yeah, right? You're already thinking. So I took it and ran it ran to it the dishwasher, cleaned it up. Got the barack so comet, maybe some steel wool. Scrubbed it all down. Cleaned it. The best that I possibly could clean it. So I got it right here. Oops, I missed a spot. <laughs> all right. Well, would you drink out of it? Let me pour my water in it. This old bed pan, but it's clean, mostly. Would you drink from it? Is anybody going to say yes? Nobody is. Why? Because all these things conjure in your mind about, well, is it really, really clean? Did Carl do a good job? Did he see everything? You know, that's kind of like you. If you try to clean yourself up and make yourself presentable to God as a container of the Holy Spirit... Do you think the spirit wants to go into you as a container that you've cleaned mostly? The answer is no, right? It has to be pure. It has to be cleaned by God in a way that you can't as a human. It's impossible for you to do it. First of all, it's impossible for you to see anything. Cleaning those devices, whether it be the garbage truck or the bedpan, it really doesn't matter, and I'm sorry for such a... Uh, a a weird example, but it's really one of the best ones because immediately it turns you off and you think about the disgusting thing in there, right? But what could I have missed? Bacteria, some small things, staphylococci, you know, just stuff that's in there. It's just nasty, right? So why would God want to put his spirit in a container that has uh, had spiritual fornication and is still unclean? The answer is he wouldn't. The vessel has to be cleaned before it can contain the Spirit. Now, if you look at the world, they'll they'll tell you, My vessel's clean. I'm good to go. I'm okay. I don't need God to clean me. I don't need anything else. I'm good to go. I'm clean. I've done it myself. I've washed myself. I've cleansed myself. But is that possible? No, that answer is very simple. It's impossible for you to do that. Uh, I'm just trying to lay the groundwork for a few things. Just go to Jeremiah 3:1, and then we're going to stay there. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of verses in Jeremiah, then I'm going to do some other verses, and come back to that. So you can put your thumb there or a little marker in Jeremiah uh, chapter three. And we're going to do a few uh, verses in the o- o- Old Testament. Here for the most part, anyway. All right, Jeremiah 3 1 says this They say, if a man put away his wife and she go from him and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? Shall not that land be greatly polluted? But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet return again to me, saith the Lord. What were they doing? Spiritual fornication, they were sinning, they were going against God's word. Uh, they went whoring over to other nations, other gods. Uh, it was very common in, in many of the time periods that they would worship uh, Baal or Baal or uh, Molech or others. That's what they did. They had their groves, their little areas, their, their private little places to go and, and worship other gods. Spiritual fornication. And that's to a large degree. But you can't just well, I don't have that kind of spiritual fornication. So I'm not that bad. And that's the way the human mind works. We start comparison shopping about what we're good and bad and who we can compare ourselves to. I can always find somebody worse than Carl. Right? So that means I'm okay. You know I'm being facetious. So the, the thing is, that doesn't work. We can't clean ourselves. God... Uh, uh, his wrath burns against sin. He cannot be in the same place. His spirit spirit can't be in the same place where sin is. It has to be taken care of in one way or another. And you say, well, I still have the spirit, but I've sinned. Well, you've quenched the spirit in some form, is all that really means. It's still there, but you quench the spirit, and you should feel that. And I've talked about this many times because it's the core of... Of our belief, it's the core of what God is and who we are and then how we contrast those two things. And he makes us clean and fit to be witnesses, fit for the kingdom of God. And he's the only one that can do it. You can't make yourself fit. Could you make yourself a pretty decent person? Well, yeah, I've met some people that weren't uh, uh, believers. They were really good people in general. I... I just appreciated my see things about them. But without the spirit, they got that little blemish <laughs> they got to take care of. I don't know how that's coming across on the tape. <laughs> but I'm trying to explain just a little bit of uh, sin is disgusting, right? I'm disgusting before the Lord until I've been redeemed and cleaned. And I have to do that a lot. Go and clean this vessel because I've contaminated myself again. Oftentimes, though, we don't even know how contaminated we are. We think we're okay. We don't have that many outward blemishes. And that's what the Pharisees were good at, right? They could clean the outside. But what was on the inside? said they were full of dead men's bones. Or Jesus said that. Uh, They were whited sepulchers. It looked good on the outside. But again, within depth and and further inspection, It was a place that is unholy and not fit for the Lord. So what do we do and what did the children of Israel do? Well, let's actually start before that. Adam and Eve, did they have spiritual fornication? Yes. There was a result to that too. God judged them and they were sent out of the Garden of Eden because of that. And you can go down the line. What about most of the rest of the world except for the eight that were saved? Very deep, heavy spiritual fornication. God destroyed them, kept the eight. Even after that, there was sin pretty, pretty quickly, by the way. You know that there was sin with Noah, uh, just after everything had happened and his son Ham and so forth. But the, uh, sin comes back very, very quickly. Children of Israel, what did they do? They were freed because they were in bondage, uh, uh, their sin had put them in a place where there was judgment of God. And God freed them. We just think some about it, right? But God freed them. Uh, wiped out the enemies right before their eyes. They were backed up against the Red Sea. God provided the miracle, parted the sea, and they went to safety. But did that cure them of their unbelief? No. It was still spiritual fornication. Uh they did things the wrong way. They thought, well, we can we can serve God the way that we want. We just read that the other day. I forget where. Aaron's sons were consumed uh, immediately. They were bringing strange fire before the Lord. God took them out. Then there was another group. Uh, those that are on this side, stay there. If you're on the Lord's side, come over here. And then the, the earth opened up and took them away. Instantaneous judgment. Why? Because it was spiritual fornication. I think it was last year I preached on, uh, uh, Ammonites, and God had prophesied that there would be judgment against them. You know how long it took? And, and not that God's slow in doing, God is slow in doing what he wants to do, but he waited till their sin was full. It was 400 years later. And then there was destruction to them. You can keep going down the line. Were the kings of Israel, were they all good kings? No, there was spiritual fornication within those kings and the things that they did, the gods that they served. Uh, were all the prophets of God, did they all do the right thing? I can think of one that didn't. So spiritual fornication has been present and will be present until God sets everything right and correct. The thing is, we... Hopefully have looked at it and gone, I have participated in that. I'm filthy. I don't know how to clean it. I can't do it of my own will and volition. I'm not strong enough. I got to go to God to ask for forgiveness, to be cleansed and to be clean. But God would look on us like this uh, to become another man. Shall he return unto her again? Does God want to return to us? Not till we've been cleaned. All right, you're going to do some page... Flip and go ahead and go to 3.20 for now and then we're going to go to Deuteronomy and Second Kings and then Nehemiah <clears throat> uh, Jeremiah 3.20 just a few verses down surely as a wife treacherously departeth from her husband so have ye dealt treacher- treacherously with me O house of Israel saith the Lord so now you know what God feels like right they have turned their souls over to uncleanness And gone away from the one that they were betrothed to, God their husband, and dealt treacherously with God. So, what should God do in that sense or case? Judgment, for one, He's required to do it, or forgiveness and find a path for forgiveness, which He gave through Jesus Christ, His Son. All right, Deuteronomy 7, 6 and 7. this comes up a lot. Why Israel? Were, were they the best people? Were they the smartest people? Were they the cleanest people? Were they the... Look, think of any adjective that you can to describe them in a good way. Were they any of those things? And that's why God chose them. Now, what? They were. but And what about us? We're the same way. Is there a reason, and I've asked this many times before, that God chose me or you? We don't know. We just know that it is. Uh, there's not a reason. I'd like to tell you, well, well, Carl was just a pretty good guy, and God looked down and said, I like him. I want to save him. That's so far from the truth. It's impossible Because I'm not a clean guy. I'm like that bedpan that has that little bit of thing. Although mine's pretty messy, right? If I want to just be honest. It's not that little speck that needs to be corrected. It's a lot of filth that can't be seen by anybody but the Spirit and God. uh, Because I'm like everybody else. I'm going to try to hide my sin. I don't want to proclaim it. I don't want to write it on a billboard. My sins of the day. All right. Deuteronomy 7, 6, and 7. But for God's people, for thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Let me replace a word. God hath chosen you unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. And again, I use that against individually as uh, compared to the uh, the race of people, the children of Israel. Verse 7, the Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because ye were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest. And we can go down that list that I made. The smartest, the best, the, the brightest. No, he did it because he wanted to. It was his sovereign will to choose a people and then to bring uh, his word through them. They were supposed to proclaim that relationship. But what did they ended up doing was holding on to it and leaving everybody else out. We're the special people. God loves us, and he doesn't love them. That's why I can pass that uh, criminal by the wayside there that I think is in bad shape, and he's just unclean. I'm not going to deal with him. And you know what happened with all those things with the Good Samaritan. He was the one that ended up doing the right thing. So... Uh, The point is, it's not within the children of Israel that they do something to be recognized. Nor was it you or I that did anything to cause God to look your way. And the more we understand that, the better our relationship is going to be. It's all him and not us. 2 Kings uh, 13.23. And then we're going to go to Nehemiah. But 2 Kings 13.23. But continuing this idea, God sets his love upon who he will, who he chooses, and who he wants to, period. You can't earn it. You can't acquire it in any way of your own uh, will or choosing or action. It can't happen. 2 Kings 13.23 says this. And the Lord was gracious unto them and had compassion on them and had respect unto them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and would not destroy them neither cast he from his presence. I left off two words. As yet. Pardon me? <laughs> Those are important words, right? Right? Because Israel was judged. There is a remnant <laughs> that is saved. But by and large, I would say that no, most of them are lost. And that goes current Israel all the way back to the beginning. Let's go to Nehemiah then, 18, 19, and 31. We're still on this, this uh, idea of spiritual fornication and uh, the distasteful things of having a relationship with someone that's untrue. And I would have to say that is my relationship with God. I'm not true. He is. But there are times where I'm untrue. I still sin. What do you want to call it? Is there a better word for sin other than spiritual fornication, doing the wrong thing, not doing what was commanded, backsliding, making the wrong choice? We let soft ways of describing it. But sin is sin. Period. 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 Nehemiah 9.18 says this, Yea, when they had made them a molten cap and said, This is thy God that brought thee out of Egypt and had wrought great provocations. Yet thou in thy manifold mercies forsookest them not in the wilderness. Pillar of cloud departed not from them by day to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night to show them the light uh, and the way wherein they should go. God didn't reject them. God didn't just instantaneously leave them. Yes, there were some that were judged very quickly. God showed them a new thing. But by and large, they were saved and still led. Although we understand that the punishment for that was to wander for 40 years. And that generation would pass and the others would go in to see the promised land. Did you know for one sin? And I know you know this. But for one sin, Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land. He was the leader. He was frustrated. But he was supposed to speak to the rock. Not smite it for a second time. But he smote the rock out of frustration, anger, whatever you want to put into there. But God judged him for that. Because he was told to speak to the rock. And for that reason, he was only allowed to look. But not go in, not enter in, and that was Moses. Think of him, his leadership, and he admitted a lot of weaknesses. He, I guess, stuttered and stammered, was not uh, uh, good with words, perhaps, uh, uh, whatever definition you want to come up with it. But the Lord gave him Aaron as a spokesperson, and so on. God provided a way. But even Moses, with that much power and annoying of the Spirit, a friend of God, that would speak to God, his friend with friend, the, the children of Israel heard them speaking. Yet God's judgments passed on him was that he couldn't go into the promised land. Go to verse 31. And I just cut out a lot in there because there was so much uh, that I had this morning. But uh, verse 31 says this, Nevertheless, for thy great mercy's sake, thou didst not utterly consume them, nor forsake them, for thou art a gracious and merciful God. Well, why, why didn't he consume you? Why hasn't he forsaken you? You're a sinner. Because he loves you. He's gracious, gracious. He's merciful. Uh, We're going to go to Psalm 106. Where would we be without His mercy and His grace? We would be without the knowledge of God. We would be doomed for all of eternity. We would be destined for the second death, eternal punishment. We would be eventually set aside totally out of the presence of God and that's an awful place that I can't even describe what that's like but God because of his tender mercies even though you're a sinner he forgives you I pray that he has forgiven me and I can't even list all of my sins of yesterday that's not long right 24 hours could I list everything that I did wrong in thought or deed? No. Because I'm like that bedpan. I've got it pretty clean. Except for that little spot. I have to be completely clean. And the only way to do that is to go ask for forgiveness. And then walk away cleansed. 106.43. Did I say that Right? Psalm one hundred six forty three. many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when? When he heard their cry. And he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies. He made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captives. Well, think about that. That was written over 2,000 years ago. I don't know the exact time frame, but it would be more than that, 2,600 years or so. But what happened to the children of Israel, the diaspora, the Jews? They were spread everywhere. Just like the Bible said, there uh, are many people, even though they're not believers, they go, you know, the Holocaust, that was terrible. You know, five or six million people were consumed and destroyed. We have pity on them, whether they're believers of God or not. Somewhere, some people have a heart and go, that was an awful thing. Now, they don't take it further. The attachment to God his people uh, being spiritual, understanding forgiveness, and all the other things. But anybody could look at that and see if that was tragic. Well, it's talked about right here. But he does the same thing to us. He remembered his covenant with you. And he will fulfill it. My point here is, he's faithful. We are, go ahead and say, un, unfaithful. It's hard to say sometimes. So, I'm not exactly unfaithful. I'm just a little unfaithful. <laughs> you, you can't think about it in those terms. There's no little, no lot. Uh, unfaithful is unfaithful. And then you're like what we started out with in Jeremiah. Does God want to return to us again if we're unfaithful? Only if we've been cleansed through the redeeming blood and through the the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going back to Jeremiah. I promised I would. We started with one verse. We're going to read a few. Jeremiah 3 1, and I think we're going to go to 4, then 12, 13, and 14. I'm going to read one again. It's just very important. But that was my lead verse. Jeremiah 3.1, they say if, if a man put away his wife and she go from him and become another man, shall he return unto her again? Shall not that land be greatly polluted? And you know what it's talking about here, this, this uh, idea or euphemism that uh, she's been polluted. But thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet return again to me, saith the Lord. And again, we can talk about that nationally for Israel or us Verse 2, lift up thine eyes unto the high places and see where thou hast not been lean with. In the ways hast thou sat for them uh, as the Arabian in the wilderness, and thou hast polluted the land with thy whoredoms and with thy wickedness. Therefore the showers have been withholden, there hath been no latter rain, and thou uh, hast had a whore horse forehead and thou refusest to be ashamed i'm going to stop there well i me read verse four wilt thou not from this time cry unto me my father thou art the guide of my youth all right that last part they're not ashamed think about the world now the, the stuff that they're doing we look at it and it's it's abhorrent it's it's sickening for us to see that uh the things that they're doing in the streets and The pride, uh, the trannies, and all the other craziness, they're not even ashamed anymore. I've spoken about this a lot. But what it is, it's it's describing the world. They've gone after these whoredoms, and they're not even ashamed about it. In fact, they're prideful, to use their own word. Jeremiah 3.12, just skip down a little bit. Go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, Return thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you. For I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I, uh, and I will not keep anger forever. That's the same that he tells us. Call upon his name, ask for forgiveness. His anger will not be kindled forever. Verse 13, Only acknowledge thine iniquity. Well, that's a big ask for the world. You go out and just hold a sign, and I've seen videos of this. God loves you at a pride parade. Probably going to get attacked if not hurt or killed. It's happened. Oh, well, they, that's hate speech. You said that God loves us. And he, they didn't even say you're going to be judged and you're going to be doomed. They didn't, don't have to say those things, which is true. But it angers them. They're not ashamed. And how dare you call out their sin? It's all over the place. But they didn't acknowledge their iniquity. All right. Only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and hast scattered thy ways to the strangers under every green tree, and ye have not obeyed my voice, uh, saith the Lord. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you of a city, two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. There's that word, married. We are in union with God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit because of what he did on the cross. Without the action of the cross that was demanded by God and demanded by our sin, we would be lost. There would be no hope for us. But turn, O oh backsliding children. Well, maybe that's the, the thing we need to say to the world. Again, return to God, your backsliders. Again, there's a lot of people that aren't going to take that very well. Oh, let's go to Micah Now, chapter 7. Micah chapter 7, verse 18, 19, and 20. 18 says this Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? There's that word remnant again. Happens a lot. It's just a portion of the children of Israel, not all. He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. He delights in mercy. But he also is required to judge. Those two, are they don't uh, contradict one another. They're both perfect. God forgives, and uh, his mercy is plentiful and unending. But God also, he judges. His wrath is certain to come. And I forgot to say something about the rain on the prior verses. Is all of this happening, the lack of rain, because of judgment? I would, if you ask me, I say yes, it is. Uh, <clears throat> God has a way of judging not just our nation, but the world with some of these, uh, changes in weather, the, the stuff that's happening in Maui. I'm not saying this is the beginning of sorrows or anything like that. I d- simply don't know. But I can tell you there's a reason. It's to cause people to turn back to God. I use this very often, Psalm 107, read it. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. He would pick them up out of all their difficulties and tragedies and uh, provide a way for them if they would just call out to his name. Hosea. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, somewhere in there. 1-1. Interesting story here. Hosea 1-1. The word of the Lord came unto Hosea, son of Beri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. That's just setting the time and... Uh, circumstance and people. Verse two: The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea, and the Lord said unto Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms, children of whoredoms, uh, for the land hath committed great whoredom, departing from the Lord. So he's going to provide this comparison. There are different commentators that say that at least in the beginning, Gomer was was pure, but at some point discontented and. Uh, didn't stay put we could debate some of that I, it doesn't matter the end is she was unfaithful so what did Hosea do? did he keep being, keep the faith was he remaining faithful to her? Uh, you probably know the answer but let's continue children of whoredoms for the land hath committed great whoredom departing from the Lord so he went and took Gomer the daughter of diblim which conceived and bare him a son, and the Lord said unto him, Call his name Jezreel. For yet a little while, uh which Jezreel actually means It'll come to me in a second. Dumb cow. It's it's not a good thing to to say at first. All right. Jezreel for yet a little while and I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. You see the power in those words and will cause to cease the kingdom of the house of Israel. There's lots of judgment. Verse five. And it shall come to pass at that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again and bare a daughter. And God said unto him, call her Laura For I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel, and I will utterly take them away. But I will have mercy upon the house of Judah, and will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by the bow, nor by sword, nor by battle, by horses, nor by horsemen. Let's go to the next chapter, verse 1. Say ye unto your brethren, Ami? And to your sisters, Ruamah. Ami means my people. Uh, Ruamah means have obtained mercy. So say to your brothers and sisters, my people have obtained mercy. That's the meaning of that entire verse. Plead with your mother. Plead, for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. Uh, Let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts lest I strip her naked and uh, set her as in the day that she was born and make as her a wilderness and set her like a dry land and slay her with thirst. And I will not have mercy upon her children, for they be the children of whoredoms. Now we know this parallel, what it's talking about. Israel, their spiritual fornication, their following other gods, uh, the whoredoms that are there, and that God does not want to partake with the whoredoms of Israel. For their mother hath played the harlot, she that conceived them hath done shamefully. For she said, I will go after my lovers They give me my bread and my water, my wool and my flax and mine oil and my drink. I could bring that to a present day application. Why are Jewish people mostly liberal? I, I don't get it. <laughs> they really shouldn't be. And there's ways that they should not go, but it's for these kinds of reasons here. They're going after the money, the riches, the wealth, the whatever, the status uh, with the Jewish people. They go after those things that they crave rather than craving a relationship with God. And do we not do the same thing? There's things that we like or crave or do and participate in that aren't right. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find her paths for she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them and she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then uh, shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband for then was it better with me than now. So God basically saying starve them and they will crave the Lord. There's going to be a time where some of those and I I wish I could remember these instances of conversations, but there's going to be a time where they return to God. They see the one that they have pierced. They believe in the true Christ. But there's also the group that will follow this, the whore of revelation, uh, all the riches. And that's what they're after. They have no desire for the spiritual uh, relationship with God. They want to forsake that to go after all the other things of the world. But I will have mercy on the house of Judah and will serve them by the Lord their God and will not save them. Oops, I went back to the wrong place. Sorry, hold on. Verse 8, she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold which they prepared for Baal or Baal. Therefore will I return and take away my corn in the time thereof and my wine in the season thereof and will recover my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. And now will I discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers and None shall deliver her out of mine hand. I will also cause her mirth to cease. Her feast days, her new moons, and her Sabbaths, and all her solemn feasts. And I will destroy her vines and her figs. Now, there's a dual application here. We talked about this recently. Certainly there was judgment back then. uh, But you can also be... Talked about the future sense with the children of Israel. There's going to be judgment. They're going to follow the wrong uh, Christ, the Antichrist. Verse 13, and I will visit upon her the days of Balaam. And and all that means, B-A-A-L-I-M, is just Baal in plural. Because there's the plurality of some of the gods that were there. Uh, Balaam wherein she burned incense to them and she decked herself with her earrings and her jewels and she went after her lovers and forget me saith the Lord therefore behold what's he going to do punish Hmm. I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably to her a lot of people think that this is an end times uh, application maybe maybe not that when uh, they go after Israel and they go to flee to a place, a place of Petra, safety, God keeps them safe, and then speaks comfortable words to her. Are those the? Is that the application? I'm uncertain. I lean that direction. Verse 15: And I will give her uh, her her vineyards from thence, and the valley of Acor for a door of, of hope, and she shall sing there as in the days of her youth, uh, and as in the day when she came out of the land. Of Egypt and it shall be at that day, saith the Lord, that thou shalt call me Ishi and shall call me no more Bali. Ishi again, it's kind of a, a different word, all it means is my husband. Can you imagine Israel returning and going, My husband, the Creator, my Father, acknowledging who He is? The second word there. Uh, uh, Bali, it means my Lord. There's going to come up again. You could be not my husband and saying not my Lord, but not in these verses. Verse 18. And in that day will I make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven and with the creeping things of the ground. And I will break the bow and the sword and the battle out of earth And will make them to lie down safely. There is a time of peace and safety coming to Israel. Verse 19. Listen. And I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. How did God save you? Why did you turn to him? Did you just make a moment of discovery one day and go, oh, "That's truth"? Or did God lure you, show you things, pave a way, little bit by little bit, show you His love and mercies, and you were consumed by that and wanted it, not reject it? And again, that's through the Holy Spirit. It was not of your own volition. We talked about this or talk about this a lot. But he wooed you. It's much like uh, lovers do in real life. You kind of woo them. You want to be good to them. You want to show them. You know, the guys, hey, I'm strong. And look at me, and I do this, you know. Uh, this is my standard joke, though. I didn't woo Tammy. She wooed me. So she, she s- sought me. <laughs> That's always funny to talk about. Oh, Verse 20. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord. That's what he did to you. And it shall come to pass in that day, I will hear, saith the Lord, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear uh, the earth. And the earth shall hear the corn, and the wine, and the oil, and they shall hear Jezreel. And I will sow her. Uh, unto me and the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that had not obtained mercy. And I will say unto them, which were not my people, thou art my people. And they shall say, listen, this isn't wonderful, thou art my God. I'm waiting to see the day where Israel recognizes. Because they think, well, I, I worship God. No. If they didn't recognize the Savior, and I should have put this verse in here. Those that know the Savior know God. Those that have the Spirit know the Savior and know God. But if you don't have the Spirit, you don't know the Savior and you don't know God. It can't happen. The Spirit has to be the uh, uh, thing that causes action. It's the causation of your belief. The Holy Spirit showing you, luring you, and uh, giving you these wonderful things of promise in the Bible. That you're a sinner, but God loves you. Call to him and he will save. Ask him and he's plenteous in mercy and forgiveness and grace. Next chapter. This is kind of a long read. Verse 1. Then saith the Lord unto me, or said the Lord unto me. Is that where we are? I've got mine copied and pasted, okay? Just to be sure. I make a lot of mistakes. Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend and yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. So I bought her to me for 15 pieces of silver, for an omer of barley, and half an omer of barley. And I said unto her, Thou shalt abide for me... Abide for me many days, and thou shalt not play the harlot, and thou shalt not be for another man, so will uh, I also be for thee. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king. Well, that is all true. And without a prince, and without a sacrifice, and without an image, and without an ephod, and without a teraphim. When did these things start? When was there no longer... Uh, a temple, no longer the ephod, the thing the priest wore, uh, no, uh, no longer all the other accoutrements. Where did the sacrifices go? They ended after Christ. Those are all taken away, as stated right here. And it's been that way for 2,000 years. Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God, and David their king shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. That was a very short chapter. We're going to go to the next one. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. Because this is one idea. It the Really, you can read whatever, 11 chapters or so in the whole book. But it's a good book to read and learn about Israel and uh Their behavior before God and also applying it to us and our behavior before God they deserve judgment and so did we alright verse 1 hear the word of the Lord ye children of Israel for the Lord uh, hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth no mercy nor knowledge of God in the land wow does that describe America (laughs) right it fits to the T there is no truth, no mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. They flipped all truth upside down. It's completely backwards. If you look at anything that's going on, uh, I look at something and it, it just boggles my mind. Uh, feminism. Feminism. certain That may conjure certain thoughts in your, your mind. And I certainly think women are important, men are important. Uh, and so forth, but I don't believe in the feminist actions and the things that they have taken over the last 50 years. They want to protect women. Women should be equal., women, you know women's soccer get, should be paid as much as a, a man's uh, soccer player. Well not really. if they only make this much money and, and kind of divide it, but the men make this much, there's a reason for that disparity. Uh, but the feminists should be the first ones. There was a Canadian woman ish guy turned to girl. He just set all the records for weightlifting. And isn't he proud of himself? Masquerading as a woman, telling everybody he's a woman, and people just clamoring, go, yep, that's a woman. And we're sitting here scratching our heads, going, no, it's not. Don't try to make us believe something we know right in front of our very eyes that's not true. Yet it's forced through every mainstream media outlet, all the news, everywhere you go. We don't know what a woman is. I do. Biologically, I do. So do you. So why is this game going on and why... Does the world acknowledge this untruth? Because they're all full of lies. They have committed spiritual fornication. It produces a reprobate mind. And that means they're just going to believe in everything that's an untruth. They're unclean, top to bottom, inside. Therefore, they're going to try to also... Foist those beliefs on you, and if you don't believe along with them, you're the bad person. You say, well, that couldn't happen. That's happening now. Everything's upside down. We know it. We can see it. But you go to try to tell somebody, and they're just going to look like you. You're crazy. But where is the feminist? That's my point. Shouldn't the, (laughs) the feminists, if they were truly in support of women... Why are they letting a man, call him, a man call himself a woman and beat women in their own sport? Right? To me, it's complete silliness. All right, we're going to keep going because I'm going to finish this idea. I, I didn't read the whole book. <laughs> All right, hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. What chapter am I on? I didn't put breaks in here. Is that four? Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants, because there is no truth, uh, no mercy, nor knowledge of God. By swearing, and lying, and killing, and stealing, and committing adultery, they break out, and blood toucheth blood. Again, the definition of America, or the world now, stands here. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish. With the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven, yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. There is judgment coming. Go read all the judgments in Revelation. What we're seeing now with no rain and uh, a lot of 100 degree plus temperature days, that's nothing compared to what it's going to be. Not scaring you. God will get you through it if we're here. Yet let no man strive nor reprove another, for thy people are as they... That strive with the priest. In other words, the priest has to do something, what's right or wrong, and you don't do it. They know what's right or wrong from preachers, from the word that's uh, uh, manifested itself around the world, but they don't want to obey it. Therefore shalt thou fall in the day, and the prophet also shall fall with thee uh, in the night, and I will destroy thy mother. That's Israel. It's talking about my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. This is a very popular verse. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee that thou shalt uh, be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy good, our God. Uh, I will also forget thy children. And as they were increased, so... Uh, They sinned against me, and therefore will I change their glory into shame. Those that he loved, chose from out of the world for no particular reason we can see, for his own choice, the people, there will be many that he'll bring into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart on their iniquity. And there shall be uh, like people, like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings. Judgment's coming. For they shall eat and not have enough, and they shall commit whoredom and shall not increase, because they have left off to take the heed of the Lord. Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. My people... Uh, Ask for counsel at their stocks, their staff declareth uh, unto them, For the spirit of whoredoms, spiritual fornication, hath caused them to err, and they have gone a whoring from under their God. They sacrifice upon the tops of the mountains, burn incense upon the hills, and under oaks, and the poplars and elms, because the shadow thereof is good. Therefore your daughters shall commit whoredom, and your spouses shall commit adultery. A lot of people say, well, this is old time. This is what they did back then. They're doing it now. There are... uh, I can't think of the word. Anyway, processes or things that are going on. They worship Moloch. People have videoed it. And it's very strange what they're doing. I have no doubt that within these times, they're still sacrificing children to Baal or to Moloch or... Whatever else, they're following those exact same things. These sins aren't old. They're current. I will not punish your daughters when they commit whoredom, nor your spouses when they commit adultery. For themselves are separated with whores, and they have sacrificed with harlots. And therefore the people that doth not understand shall fall. Not punish There's no correction. They're just going to keep going as they're going. And and look at all these people, the things that are going, and I've wondered, well, why isn't God punishing them? Why are they so free to do what they want to do? Again, it's that being turned over to a reprobate mind, and God's turned them loose. Remove the spirit from them. Thou, though Israel, play the harlot, yet let not Judah offend, and come not ye unto Gilgal, neither uh, go ye up to Bethaven, nor swear the Lord liveth. <clears throat> I asked a, a Brother Rick about this this morning. For Israel uh, slideth back as a backsliding heifer. Does anybody know what a backsliding heifer is? I don't. <laughs> so that's why I asked him. He's a cattle guy, right? So I, I don't know what that means, but it means something or it wouldn't be here, Right? I guess the cow didn't do what it was supposed to do. So it's a backslidden cow. We need to pray it. Pray for it. Being facetious. Hosea 6. We're at the end. 1, 2, and 3. Listen. Come let us return unto the Lord for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. Return to him. Come back. After two days he will revive us and in the third day he will raise us up. And we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Sure would like to have some rain right now, but God knows what we have need of. This could be in judgment for other people. Don't know, but God has purpose in everything, everything. Uh, there's not a leaf that shakes on the tree that doesn't have purpose. There is decree. There's not a sparrow that falls that is not of his decree. So everything that's going on is God made, manufactured for a purpose. It's either for you to show you his majesty and power or to them in judgment. It doesn't matter which way you look at it. But for us, we see these difficult things because judgment to them Will still have some impact to us. But we don't fear. We know that God will provide. We know that he's going to take care of us. No matter the circumstance. No matter what we see around us. All the the whoredom of our government. Our officials. Our leadership. And what are they after? Graft. Money. Deceit. And this is all of them. All of them. Uh, They're impure. Because of their. Eyes fixed on the wrong thing, power and money, and not on the Lord God, our Father, and Jesus Christ, our betrothed. May God bless you this morning.